0: The Gaily Prophet is 100% supported by listeners like you. Help keep this podcast going by visiting thegailyprophet.com and clicking on Donate, or by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash thegailyprophet. The Gaily Prophet operates under the assumption that you have read the books. If you haven't read the books, go and read them. They're wonderful. And then come back to us. Otherwise, you're going to be spoiled, and that's your choice in this world.
1: Gay people love con's I'm dead. <laughs> we have to stop this podcast. <laughs> this book causes Satanism. What is left for us to rant about? There is nothing straight about Plum Velvet. <laughs> you shouldn't have been drinking when I said that. <laughs> Monocles
0: are impractical, but hot. I don't for a second believe that she is a straight person.
1: I mean, I'm definitely here for bisexual Wynnever McGonagall. Let's talk about <laughs> Harry
0: Potter! Hello, and welcome to the Gailey Prophet, podcaster two queer IRL witches. Reread Harry Potter and talk about it. I am America's favorite griffin dandy, Lark Malachi Gray.
1: And I am a extraordinaire, Jesse Blount. And today we are talking about Chapter thirteen: The Very Secret diary which is so secret so secret <laughs> keep out secret secret diary of Tom Riddle.
0: do um. not read all readers will be put to death <laughs> literally
1: literally <death. laughs> very literally all right uh in this <laughs> in this chapter. While Hermione is in the hospital being (laughs) decatified, Harry and Ron stumble upon the diary of one Tom M. Riddle. Despite ignoring the only good advice Ron gives in this book, Harry writes in the diary and is sucked into a totally true and not at all misconstrued memory of the last time the chamber was open, which coincidentally points to Hagrid as the culprit.
0: We start this newspaper off with today's headlines. Foolish boy interacts with obviously cursed object despite repeated warnings against it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like literally. I, I'm just like,
0: Harry, what, what are you doing? I, yeah. Anyway. We turn to the front page where we talk about all the things that don't belong in other
1: sections of this newspaper. Take it away, Jesse. Considering our many Witch NSA watches, it's actually shocking that no one finds out that Hermione spends a month being a furry. It's
0: bizarre. My, yeah, my first one is related to that too, because if she's not telling Madame Pomfrey what's wrong with her, what medicine is she being given?
1: Maybe this is why it takes so long, because like, it seems weird if you can regrow Bones with a potion overnight it takes him a month to get her detailed and deferred and her eyes back to normal
0: what if the medicine's not doing anything it's just like the situation wearing off
1: on its own maybe or maybe just Pomfrey's just giving her a slew of ridiculous things to be like one of these will work it's like trying to figure out which antidepressant works for you or something yeah <laughs> oh
0: god yeah yeah it's real it's a really weird situation i can't imagine that mcgonagall isn't taking serious actions to find out from hermione what happened
1: actually i actually do have a point which is like yeah like how do what do the other teachers think she's in the hospital for a month full of people who are very skilled at what they do and they're just like oh, i guess she's just a cat for a month <laughs>
0: yeah, whatever it's a mystery <laughs>
1: <laughs> Not sure how you did this to yourself over Christmas, but here's some miscellaneous potions. Have it's fun. super weird. It like doesn't make any sense, actually. Or maybe it does, considering how terrible the school is.
0: True. True. And maybe Madame Pomfrey at this point is just so jaded from her many, <laughs> many years of dealing with students' bullshit that she's just like... Don't, actually, don't tell me. I, like, don't even want to know. Because she didn't question Ron's, like, dragon bite hand either. It's true. She's just like, whatever.
1: Yeah, I guess she's probably used to students never telling her how they did those things to themselves. She's like, you just
0: lie anyway, so, like, don't even bother.
1: It's like all those kids with their uh, engorgement charms and their dicks that they have <laughs> done incorrectly. <laughs>
0: oh my god <laughs> oh man that'd be so embarrassing to have to go to the hospital
1: <laughs> it probably happens like four times a year i feel like yeah they they
0: just come in they're like i i don't want to talk about it can i just have a deflating draft i don't no i don't we don't need to
1: um you don't need to examine me i'll just take this back in my uh, common room okay, it's thanks. for a friend <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh. <sighs> oh man uh okay so all right so i have two related points
1: okay
0: the first is so when they find the diary it says that it's from vohal road and harry's like this person must be muggle-born If they were shopping on Vohal Road. And so my first question for you, based on that, is... Do you think that they sell normal diaries in the witching world? That don't, like, talk or, you know, scream if the wrong person opens them? Or No, me either. So, like, a witch might go shopping on Vohal Road for, like, a reasonable diary.
1: Yes, but, like... I don't think that they would want to, maybe, necessarily. Because they
0: just don't know that not everything has to talk.
1: Maybe. are they like, why would I write a diary that didn't have any kind of protective charms where any schmuck could read it or something, you know?
0: That's true.
1: I mean, I don't want the idea of a sentient diary either, but like...
0: Yeah, okay, fair. Uh, so my follow-up question to this, that... I don't know why this is the first time this is occurring to me, but based on Harry's statement, I came up with the question, do all like muggles who are married to witches automatically live in the witching world as if they ha- were witches, essentially? Is it the case that every muggle who marries a witch is like, yeah, sure. I want to live without electricity, central heat, I never want to watch TV again. I don't care about any of the, like, unbelievable conveniences of the muggle world. Let's just go never shop on Vohal Road for diaries. We're only going to have screaming diaries for the rest of time. <laughs> I'm totally fine with all of this.
1: You know, I'm, I'm actually, my also to that, I feel like I feel like everyone must just move into the witching world because the one example that i can think of that we have is snape's parents and that just seems like just all kinds of like fucked up abusive unhappy childhood home you mm-hmm. know and what like, what about
0: ted tonks he's is he a muggle or he has, a muggle he, born
1: he's muggle born
0: but he is a yeah. wizard
1: yeah because he went to hogwarts I think that's how him and. Oh my god, what is her name? Andromeda. Him and Andromeda met. I, th- I, like, I feel like it is because he is a muggle born.
0: Okay. So Snape's childhood home is super fucked up. Seamus' dad left. Do we have other examples of which muggle pairings in, to base this on? Or is it. I mean, because I kind of feel like it's reasonable that Seamus' dad was like. What if it wasn't just like you lied to me and you're secretly a witch, but it also was like, I absolutely am not going to live without electricity for the rest of my life because you think it's silly for no reason that anyone will ever understand.
1: I mean, yeah. Like what if he has a job where like he needs to have, you know, a computer or, or like, right. you know, phones, it's like an right. alarm clock, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, I don't know. It just seems like... It seems like all of the witch-born kids just assimilate into witching culture, which seems really weird, and I know I, talk about, I talked about it earlier, but that just seems, like, unrealistic that they would just, like, completely just be like, all right, peace out, Muggle world. Right, there are some things where it's, like, the witching world is still literally in a sort of Victorian, middle-age, amalgamation sort of vibe.
0: Mm-hmm. yeah. It's it's hard to imagine someone being in love enough that if their partner insisted that they time travel and live in a home that's lit by like oil lamps and heated by wood burning stove when they don't when you know I yeah, yeah I can't I can't really picture a situation where it was like yeah that sounds totally great i want to do that and i say that as someone who has multiple times lived in homes that were only heated by wood burning stoves when i was <laughs> young and thought that that was better i don't know
1: <laughs> so, i feel like yeah uh, i feel like i've heard some of those stories yeah never again <laughs> there, there i feel like there's a sort of I don't know. I feel like it seems sort of charming, but also I wouldn't do it unless I retired. It was like living in my cabin in the woods. But yeah, so I think that just must be why I feel like I'm trying to think of like if any of the characters have one like straight up muggle-born parent that...
0: Muggle-born or muggle? Muggle. Yeah, the only ones that we know of are Snape and Seamus and then Dean's is a question mark. Yeah. And none of those are good situations. No. Okay. Well, great. What's your next front page?
1: Sorry. I'm just like, I don't know if it's a failure of imagination on JKR's part.
0: Yeah, I think so. I think so much about the way that even just muggleborns are written in these books is very much she just failed to extrapolate logically about what what muggleborns would be giving up upon yeah. entering into this world when why would they do that when they could have both yeah insert that why not both meme right right
1: <laughs> right and like you know and it's just even just silly to think that they would like i don't know that's why i'm still like baffled by hermione's total assimilation into the witching world where it's like but you realize there are some things that are better. <laughs> right. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know. I hope that, she, I hope, I hope she raises her kids with some knowledge of their muggle heritage. Well. Yeah.
0: I mean, I refuse to believe that Hermione doesn't just do away with the statute of secrecy and <laughs> start a, you know, exchange program and have ambassadors and all sorts of all sorts of stuff to make this just much more chill or at least just you know they the muggles don't have to know about you in order for you to have electricity.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the right.
0: recipe for electricity is pretty widely known and they could totally have super sustainable electricity if you have magic generators.
1: Right. Let let her kids watch television like just Yeah. Anyway.
0: Yep. <laughs> What's your next point?
1: Just that for the hair-raising potion, potion you need rat tails, and it just made me laugh. I don't know.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners, just so you know, Jesse, gestured to indicate rat tails like a human would grow on the back of their head, which is indeed very funny. I like... I really do like the little slip-in of Ron speculating that Riddle won his award for murdering Myrtle. Because he did mur- murder Myrtle. Blur, blur. <laughs> it's very hard to say.
1: And then he did get an award for it.
0: Essentially, yeah.
1: That's actually... That's, that's really funny because I have a point about how Hermione is so close with... With her assessment of what's going on with the diary, but then like Ron jokingly gets it. Uh-huh. <laughs> like he's on point with it. And Hermione's like so close.
0: Yep. Yep. It is it's well it's well constructed. What's next?
1: Just that Myrtle's line about her just sitting in the U bend thinking about death is like every angsty teen poetry ever.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 she's honestly great (laughs) (laughs) i i felt like i didn't write it down but i did feel like her her point about let's all throw things at myrtle just because she can't feel it was actually a really solid point because that that doesn't excuse it yeah and it was rude of harry to say well, you can't feel it, so why do you care? Right,
1: it's like she still has feelings. It's because you can't physically hurt her, you can still emotionally hurt her.
0: So Yeah, and you would be offended if someone was throwing things at you, even if they were soft things that didn't hurt. So it's not really different.
1: Yeah, and no situation is having things thrown at you not annoying. Right.
0: Correct. I just have a sad face about Harry... Harry's thing about how he had never had friends before Hogwarts was just really tragic. And yeah, just made
1: me feel sad, is all. I actually, my next point is sort of related to this, which is the foreshadowing about Harry being a horcrux, which is him being like, he's like, connected to the diary he's like i don't know he's like i don't know what it is about it it's one of like it's like a friend they have not met before and it's like
0: mm, yeah um,
1: <laughs> not exactly Harry. yeah but i don't know in retrospect excellent excellent foreshadowing
0: yeah for sure so. my next point says that the way that this Valentine's Day party is described is (laughs) femphobic. Because it is. It's so, not just the way that Harry and Ron talk about it, but the narrative description of it, the words that are used to describe the shades of pink, McGonagall's reaction. It's very, very disdainful about... Over the top displays of femness, and I would like to reject this description because it kind of sounds great.
1: Yeah, I'm sure. I agree with you. I'm sure Lockhart's pink robes were incredible.
0: Mm-hmm. Evan, my partner, would 100% wear those robes probably every day. <laughs>
1: Oh, man, everyone would be such a good Hogwarts professor. He would.
0: Woodshop. What's the Hogwarts equivalent of?
1: (laughs) I don't know. I feel like enchanted woodshop is probably a thing that, I mean, you know, we're at some trades, Hogwarts. Yeah,
0: that's for real. I also just feel like, so it sounds like there's like live giant flowers growing up the walls of the great hall that's fucking dreamy what who's there is no excuse for being disdainful about being in a room that's essentially the conservatory at a botanical garden only all flowers
1: right it sounds great
0: it does it sounds really great so i take issue with with this
1: yeah, no, the description is pretty is pretty terrible. I wonder if part of it is if it was coming from anyone besides Lockhart, if Harry wouldn't be so disdainful of it.
0: Mm. Interesting point, for sure.
1: Because I feel like maybe McGonagall wouldn't be so upset if it wasn't Lockhart and then ensuing Lockhart fuckery with, like, class disruption and maybe not a great use of other magical beings aka dwarfs <sighs> attacking children in the hallways
0: i mean i do feel like he hired the dwarves. i feel like I mean, he's he, paying them
1: he he's paying them but also they're also attacking
0: children <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i'm not i'm just saying i feel like in terms of what we see and From the whole wizard, non-human, magical people relations, I think this is one of the better ones. Um, But I did just realize the description of McGonagall is that she's sitting and her jaw is twitching. So what if she's actually really into it and thinking about how much her life partner professor sprout probably loves this room filled with beautiful flowers but she hates Lockhart so she's actually trying not to smile
1: <laughs> i accept this great me too <laughs> cuz sprout is probably the only professor maybe smiling in this situ- in this situation mm-hmm. maybe no dumbledore is probably also smiling but he never comes to breakfast does he good question i feel like he's i feel like we never i feel like he's not only there for like dinner maybe
0: yeah i i we see over and over starting i think in this book where where he um finds colin because he's up for hot chocolate in the middle of the night i think dumbledore has super bad insomnia and as someone who also has super bad insomnia usually my best sleeping hours are from like five AM to nine or ten AM so probably that's when Dumbledore's catching disease.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Dumbledore definitely has insomnia.
0: Yeah. He's he's got a lot of emotional, you know, turmoil and stuff, so
1: Yeah. <sighs> yeah. And I'm sure one of those brains that like never turns off all the way also. So yeah. So, yeah. yeah.
0: That horrific oh I'm so tired. Why is my brain full of anxiety
1: Ah, yep or like let me just don't you want to keep thinking about this thing for another hour I was like no I want to go to sleep (laughs) yeah and we have one more front page left cool which is in Tom Riddle's totally true not at all (laughs) misconstrued memory and which Hagrid like tackles Tom Riddle and I'm like Throws down with Lord Voldemort and wins. Hashtag queen. (laughs) I totally
0: missed that. That's pretty great. Yeah, I feel like that brings up a lot of what we've talked about in terms of just her intense devotion to her creatures, that she would fucking tackle a prefect. That's a big deal.
1: I mean, as someone who is also intense about animals, Mm -hmm. I would totally do that. Mm -hmm. I mean not over a giant horrifying spider. Hell no, but to each their own.
0: Yeah, I mean Hagrid loves that spider I think the same way that you love your cat and I love my dogs. So Yeah,
1: you know. The the heart loves what it loves. <laughs> and Hagrid's tender heart loves horrifying scary animals. Yeah. You know. Like like you do. Like you do. <laughs>
0: Cool, alright, mm. I am done with front page two, so. Welcome to the politics section where we talk about things that are fucked up. And today we are beginning with a filch human rights violation watch. Pew
1: pew pew! Still mopping. Still mopping a literal flood of water. He's not gonna be able to mop that, you can't mop that much water.
0: It's ridiculous. So many people with wands walking by, letting Filch mop. And just the description of him sounding hysterical about the situation, I think is just, and then imagining people hearing him sound this upset about this ridiculous situation that shouldn't be happening and no one being like, hey, let me help you.
1: Right. Someone could literally just move their wrists and vanish all this fucking water. Right. Not to mention that this is water from the bathroom, so this is like shit water. No, not necessarily. Still not super sanitary.
0: Probably. You can definitely have... Because it's not necessarily the toilet backed up. It just is like Myrtle made the water happen. So I feel like she probably is opting for messing up the pipe that puts the new water into the toilet because she has to live in there so
1: that makes sense
0: is there anything more about this
1: no it's just upsetting
0: it is speaking of upsetting it's time for our mandrakes our people watch
1: oh god About chopping them up and stewing them, and I'm like, this is horrifying. Have they you? have acne. They have fucking acne.
0: And they're moody and secretive, and she can say all of those things in the same breath as we're gonna cut them up and stew them. What? It's horrifying.
1: It's very horrifying. <laughs> yeah, that's all. It's very disturbing. <laughs> yep, yep.
0: Welcome to Editorials, where we rant about stuff. Harry, Ron fucking warned you about this book. He gave you numerous, extremely good reasons that you should not be doing what you're doing. Why are you doing this? And given all those warnings, even if he was going to do it, why does he believe what he sees? Why would he believe this cursed fucking book written by someone that he doesn't know over everything that he knows about his beloved friend Hagrid.
1: Right. It's Harry's being ridiculous in this chapter, especially when it appears that the diary isn't just some student fucking around with like a charm diary that you can't read. It tips him into the diary like it's a pensive he doesn't know what a pensive is (laughs) that's fucked up Mm -hmm. and he should have been horrified to all of a sudden be not even in his bed he is gone he is in a weird pocket universe of this memory physically there
0: yep i so so wish that this was visual when you are this animated (laughs) you're just such good Such good gesturing.
1: Right. And then he's like, ah, yes, my best friend, Tom, I will believe you versus Hagrid, who has been so loving and caring to me for the past year and a half. The worst, this terrible year and a half. Yep. Yep. I'm going to believe some asshole in a diary.
0: Yeah. Now that you say that too, his reaction to first showing up in the memory is... He just, he's just like, oh, I'm so sorry to disturb you. Is that really how you respond when you suddenly get tipped head first into, like, a completely different situation? You're just like, oops, my bad. Let me get out of your office.
1: I feel like part of this definitely ties into education because clearly Hogwarts is doing something wrong if Harry is just totally fine with the turn of events in the last half of this chapter that's really true nothing about this is okay
0: yep yeah (sighs) (sighs) cool good rant
1: (laughs) when harry and ron walk into myrtle's bathroom in this chapter harry comments that the candles have all been extinguished why the fuck in a magical castle if there's candles in the bathroom, why aren't they charmed or covered or whatever to not go out if they get wet? It's a fucking bathroom.
0: Oh my God. That's
1: what is a good the point question. of being, what is the point of having a medical school if a little bit of water in the bathroom puts out all of the lights for you to be able to see what you're doing? Oh my God. This is
0: such a good point, Jesse. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: And I mean, it's ambiance of them walking into the darkened toilet to talk to Myrtle. I get that. But logistically, it makes zero sense. It's also
0: just unnecessary. It's, I don't know. I don't think we needed that (laughs) to be there. So, yeah. All right. (laughs) What's your other editorial?
1: So this is less of an editorial, more of a question for you. Okay. Which is... Is Ginny having a shittier first year than Harry's first year? Oh, Yes. Because <laughs> not only has she been possessed by this diary and is feeling out of sorts, but then Malfoy makes fun of her sending that terrible Valentine to Harry in front of all of her, like, classmates?
0: Yeah, because at least Harry for... Most of first year feels empowered, right? He's like, yeah, I'm like learning about myself and I'm investigating and whatever, whatever. I mean, you think Snape is trying to kill him, but that doesn't really dampen his, his like excitement about being in the magical world and trying to solve this mystery. But Ginny, yeah, she's being fucking possessed. She's like waking up covered in like blood and feathers. That is terrible and it doesn't sound like she has friends yet
1: yeah i don't think she has friends yet either because i think she spends like almost all her time writing to in the diary do and you having this very shitty first year
0: do you think is it possible that she's the only girl gryffindor of her year
1: do we not meet any other gryffindors in Ginny's year
0: she's friends with luna and hermione
1: That seems so weird. It does. Especially since it makes sense it'd be some kind of, like, funny baby boom after Voldemort is defeated. Or would that be... If if Harry was a year old when Voldemort was killed, then...
0: We established in our episode with David that that Molly was pregnant with Ginny. Or Ginny had just been born, rather.
1: Ginny had just been born... Maybe since that's, like, still around the height of Voldemort's reign, maybe there's a lot of just dead kids in Ginny's generation that would be going to Hogwarts but aren't. Because they were murdered by Death Eaters.
0: Yeah, or, you know, it was finally... Finally people got to a point where they were not having babies. Because at that point, he was in control of, like, the whole society, so... It seems questionable but we do not I don't think ever meet another Gryffindor of her year besides Colin
1: that's so weird to think about
0: huh it's just the two of them (laughs) it's the whole Gryffindor graduating class it's just Jenny and Colin
1: well I guess that would make a very limited pool for Ginny's seventh year about who gets to be head boy and girl.
0: That's true.
1: Actually, if Ginny wasn't made head head girl that year, that'd be fucked up.
0: Well, head boy and girl is from all of them, but it would for sure mean that she and Colin were both prefects.
1: Yeah, I mean, you don't run an interference campaign against literal Nazis for a year and then not become head girl your seventh year. That's probably true. I mean, maybe she doesn't care at that point, because it's like... I fought in a war. Who gives a shit?
0: Well, but in there's in her. Oh, right. Cause she's a sixth year.
1: She's a sixth year and Harry's seventh year. Gotcha. So she would have a, a whole other year of school after her. Sh- Actually, that might be her worst year of school. Worse than this man. Ginny is like not had a good school career. Well,
0: Harry, Ron and Hermione might go back to Hogwarts to finish their education.
1: Hermione definitely does I would bet money that Harry and Ron do not
0: I mean I guess if Harry's going into magical law enforcement he doesn't really need to finish his degree because he's really demonstrated some field experience
1: I think they probably would hire him on the spot it's like you've already defeated more dark wizards than I'm sure half the people here so yeah here's your office
0: it's true (laughs) Like, how many spells for defeating dark wizards do you know? He's like, one. And they're like, great, (laughs) they're fire,
1: But it works really well, you guys. I defeated the Dark Lord with it. Uh...
0: (laughs) (sighs) Do you want to? Are we good?
1: Yeah, that was the (laughs) only two things that I had. All right. Poor Jenny Weasley has the end of my (laughs) editorial. Yeah.
0: Welcome to the classified section, where we ask you for money and then make you laugh. So don't fast <laughs> forward or you'll miss the new, the latest classifieds. Um, all right, subject, independent queer podcast, Seek Sugar Parents, Us, a self-produced podcast doing its very best to make the world a better and queerer place one episode at a time. You, a lover of our content who values our work and wants to see us succeed in life. We will give you many perks in exchange for your support. Make a one-time donation through our website and get awesome merch in exchange, or become a patron and get tons of bonus content. You can't go wrong either way. Visit thegailyprofit.com and click on donate, or visit patreon.com slash thegailyprofit to become an ongoing supporter. Next up we have Subject Desperately Seeking Validation. <laughs> I'm a robust, handsome, charming, and talented man in search of literally anyone to tell me about how robust, handsome, charming, and talented I am. <laughs> do you love <laughs> heaping praise upon incredibly deserving people? Call me. Oh my
1: god. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, do you think Lockhart wrote a bunch of valentines to himself?
0: Yes. I have some thoughts about him and these valentines, so... And I had them in education, so do you want to hippity hop over there?
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Welcome to education, where we talk about this goddamn school. Uh, So my point regarding the Valentines is that I will bet solid money that sending Lockhart a valentine or not has a serious impact on your grades.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yup. You are correct.
0: Mm -hmm. He's like, if I don't have fucking 350 valentines by the end of the day, whoever's the outliers, your next test is not going to look too pretty when you get your grade back.
1: I would be so pissed if I was that kid studying for, like, my owls, and this chump is, like, my defense teacher. And it's like, I I have to pass these. Like, (laughs) what? what is happening i can't just charm i can't just con the instructors the test people right with flattery yep thanks thanks to
0: yep yeah harry and ron at the end of the year they think that they did poorly on their test because they don't study or hermione did well because she does and it's actually just she sent him a valentine and they didn't he's cross-referencing oh, yeah. a list it looks like he's grading but he's just looking to see if you sent him something
1: listen hermione this is this is what's keeping her mining top of her top of her class is uh this little bit of flattery to lockhart yeah <laughs> <laughs> yep oh, oh man
0: so i have a whole list of things about lockhart so we should oh yeah stay with him but do you have lockhart stuff do you want to take turns
1: The only only thing I had was the thing about the dwarves attacking students in hell. What a travesty. It's such... Like, they're so aggressive (laughs) towards children, and it's like...
0: They destroyed Harry's bag and made him fall on the floor. That is bad.
1: And then sat on his ankles until his feet went numb? Like... Like, what does things happen to the other students who receive valentines and didn't, and understandably didn't want an embarrassing valentine by an aggressive dwarf? Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'm sure the whole day was just, um, Madame Pomfrey's overrun by kids with, like, bruises and cuts and stuff from these dwarves messing, like, aggressively harming them.
1: McGonagall's only getting through her day at- Thinking about the scotch he's going to have at the end of it.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Uh, My next Lockhart point is actually (laughs) a guest point from Evan, who asks, has Lockhart put a charm on himself that makes people who are attracted to his gender unable to think critically about him? Hmm. Because that would explain Hermione's behavior.
1: You know, I think you might have something there. Or Evan might have something there. Because. So during Lockhart's hilarious. Go to Flitwick or Snape to help you out on this day. And and like the clear, like clearly them being like. For the love of God, don't ask me any of these things. <laughs> Lockhart suggests that you the kids go to Professor Flickwick about an entrancing enchantment and that Flickwick knows more about this than any other wizard he's met. And since we know that Lockhart is very good at charms, I'm assuming he's using an entrancing enchantment constantly.
0: That makes perfect sense.
1: Because if anyone would know about that, it would be Lockhart. I think I feel like maybe I read somewhere that he actually was in Ravenclaw, but I don't. That's like extra canon stuff, so I don't know how I don't know how much we can really. Yeah, but
0: anyway. And I realize that this again calls into question whether or not Harry is by, because it should work on him if he is. But I also feel like there might be some like caveats.
1: I mean, I don't... I mean, Lockhart isn't really Harry's type.
0: No. Kinda, though. I mean, Draco also is an incredibly over dramatic, flamboyant, look-at-me type.
1: But, like, in a mean way.
0: That's true. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Which, let's be real, is sometimes part of the attraction. Mm-hmm. And also, like, I don't know. As much as it... A little bit pains me to say this. I feel like, I almost want to say that Lemmy Harry's type leans a little bit more like masks just because of him and like noticing how hot Forenz is. Is Forenz mask? I mean, shirtless and into leather. I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry. That's, that was... that's fair. Yeah. But Sirius,
0: he also knows how, how pretty serious is. And Sirius is like very like flowy hair. and
1: Yeah. And, like, same with Bill, who he knows is also attractive.
0: I don't know. Type.
1: Yeah, no, I think that that's fair. I think
0: that Lockhart is a very particular particular type, and I would guess that that enchantment works to varying degrees based on sort of your baseline of whether or not you're likely to find him attractive regardless of his personality, maybe. Uh, Or not personality, but, like, regardless of your interactions with him, sort of. And that that is what makes Hermione more susceptible to this than Harry or Ron.
1: Yeah, I would agree with that.
0: Okay, so then my next point is just the fact that he signs his note to Hermione with all of his credentials. (laughs) Which, I... That is... 700 steps (laughs) beyond i don't know that is (laughs) such a line has been crossed with that i can't and then so and then the next are sort of addendums to this one ron is like is he the smarmiest bloke ever to which i say absolutely yes he is
1: yeah
0: which tied to that is the fact that he thinks it and this, I think, he genuinely believes. Whereas a lot of shit that he says, he clearly doesn't genuinely believe it. But he says that he thinks he made the attack stop, and I think that he really, actually thinks that. He thinks that his reputation is enough to scare the attacker into submission.
1: You know i i have I have to, yeah. I, <sighs> because that is a thing that I don't think he would lying to himself about yeah or like my favorite part about that is the list of things he lists like isn't like the only thing that's like kind of impressive is like his order of merlin and it's not even first class it's third class mm-hmm. which is still a medal you know i'm not trying to you know knock being in third place for anything <laughs> um, but the rest of it's just kind of like okay Yeah.
0: Which came first, Professor Lockhart or Empire Records? Which came first, Professor Lockhart or Rex Manning? (laughs) Uh,
1: Let me check, actually. Uh, Empire Records came out in
0: 1995. So this is 98. So I feel like we can safely (laughs) assume that Lockhart is based on Rex Manning, right? (laughs) Partially, I, they wear like the same clothes. Like I feel like, and anyone who's listening who doesn't know about Empire Records, please, please, please go watch it. The movie is so wonderful.
1: I don't know. If, I don't know if it's on streaming. Oh, you'd have to rent it, which is unfortunate.
0: That is I
1: know oh, it isn't. It is on Netflix. Jk. <gasps> At least in the U.S., it seems.
0: That's very exciting. Okay, so. My last one about him is this thing where he's talking to McGonagall and he keeps tapping his nose to indicate, like, we're in the know, kind of. And I think that the only other time that I've seen that done is that in Muppet Treasure Island, Long John (laughs) Silver does that more than once. Which, if you haven't seen it, listeners, Long John Silver is portrayed by Tim Curry. And his character is also very much a dandy. So is this this particular behavior, is this a dandy thing? And if it is, do I have to start doing it?
1: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> google this uh yeah i yeah that might be a thing for future investigation <laughs> okay. but...
0: all right that's all my that's all my <laughs> my whole big long lock heart list so okay.
1: the rest of my education stuff is mainly around the stuff with the chamber and the diary and the stuff
0: okay
1: i guess we covered how the school really should teach kids about cursed items like books yeah because even Ginny, who grew up in a witching household, who probably who heard the same stories as Ron about cursed books, is still sucked into spending her entire year with this diary. Yep. Seems like an important thing to teach kids.
0: Totally. Although it seems like Arthur did teach his kids this and it still didn't work. So.
1: That's true. That's fair. And I guess everything... Everything else I have is sort of, like, sort of connected in which it's shocking that they hushed everything about the Chamber of Secrets up and it didn't really get out. They lied to Myrtle's parents about how she died. They sort of brought off Tom Riddle, kind of. And it's even weirder that Voldemort clearly told a few people, but it still, like, didn't get out further about what happened. Like, that's not... An appropriate way to run your school? No.
0: Like, there's a giant fucking monster, for sure, living here, and we can't find it. We're gonna stay in this building. Like, <laughs> maybe, maybe build a new school. I don't know.
1: Or like, I don't know. Is as, as much as the ministry is shitty, can they have found someone to be like, we have this giant. Monster problem? Can y'all come and like set some traps or do something or I don't know? Good question. The j- world's largest live trap. <laughs> yeah.
0: You bait it with a muggleborn.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> uh, <so terrible! laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Headmaster Dippet does not seem like a winner. Mm-mm. Uh, like Tom totally cons him completely. Yeah, and no one but Dumbledore suspects anything, and it's like, like this goddamn school. Like, this school's <laughs> always been fucked up.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like,
1: we talk shit about Dumbledore a lot. He still does he still has done some things that has been clearly an improvement on how it used to be because what the actual fuck. Yeah.
0: Totally. Yeah.
1: I'm just ver I'm just very upset by. <laughs> For really good reason. Yeah. And then shit like this happens where it's like we didn't tell anyone and we kept it all of a secret, and now it's like, how is this happening again? We don't know. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a mystery. Yeah. It's not how you handle emergencies. <laughs> <sighs> weirdly
0: my only other education point besides lockhart is my ongoing <laughs> frustration about the amount of homework that these children are given and i just i will forever be so angry at the way that standard education is structured it's just not good for developing brains or bodies and I find it just infuriating that the witching world is, is having the same kind of education that the muggle world has with just excessive amounts of homework that lead to kids mostly just being in class and doing homework and not having any free time And then these exams that all happen at the same time and are all, like, giant, which is just so terrible for you. And it makes me really sad and angry. So I will just continue calling it out.
1: No, it's ridiculous. Especially because so much of the end result of what they're learning is, like, being able to do a tangible thing that could just be their homework. Yeah. Like as opposed to having to write several feet, it's like brew this fucking potion or tell me how you would do that. Or like make this pineapple tap dance or whatever the fuck. Mm -hmm. Like there isn't a reason for them to have all of this homework unless it was like, I mean, there's, there's any reason, even if it's like, we want you to know the theory of what you're doing or the, whatever the fuck behind what you're doing. Like they live at this school. You could just have classes Well, you're have long ass classes, just like fucking quiz them or some shit. Yeah. Like,
0: yeah. So. Why, why a like five page essay on the properties of Moonstones instead of just, I don't know, a six or seven question quiz on the property of Moonstones. <laughs>
1: Especially since we established earlier that there isn't any kind of standardized education that witching kids are getting beforehand. What if you're getting like two and a half feet of very poorly spelled and grammatically aired, like, no one's teaching composition? Right, at n- no one
0: is telling them how to write an analytical essay. They right, just and that's, assign them essays.
1: That's a skill. Like, it's a skill to be able to write an analytical essay and be like, hey, I read this thing about transfiguration theory, which probably is is hard as fuck. And I, I understood that and I could be like, yes, this is why this is the theory behind turning a mouse into a snuff box.
0: Right. In Hogwarts defense, I will say that science and philosophy papers are structured very differently than your standard analytical essay or like history paper or something like that. And they are much easier to write because you can speak in, like, first person. hmm So at least there's that, because I feel like talking about the theory of transfiguration is much more a philosophy than it is a research paper, I guess. Yeah. Research papers are the hardest kind of paper to write, I think, but they still someone should be teaching them <laughs> how to right because that
1: because because research is probably what homework of the snape is giving them if they're like potion ingredients and how they interact and blah blah blah, blah. that seems more like a sciencey type right research paper yeah so yep
0: it's just a real bummer Welcome to the health and science section, where we talk about things that are loosely related to health and or science. Uh, Coming back, revisiting our ongoing ghosts conversation, I would like to know if ghosts can choose to
1: die. Hmm. I don't know. I think if they wanted to... It seems like if they wanted to, it would be some kind of a weird process. Because it seems like say the gray lady or like Myrtle or like it seems like there are some ghosts that we come across in the story that so that they should want to like move on when and however that looks. Mm-hmm. It seems like in the witching world, how ghosts come to be is still a bit of a question mark, mm-hmm. so maybe that also means that how you cease to be a ghost and move on in your death is also a question mark.
0: hmm Yeah. This interaction in this chapter with Myrtle definitely makes me feel like maybe she would choose to, to not be a ghost anymore if that was an option that she had. And it... Man, because it must be sort of... At least from what we get when Nick sort of explains ghost theory later on... It seems like a decision that you maybe have to make very rapidly after your death. Mm -hmm. And. Oh man. To decide to make that decision and then have it be applicable to you for all eternity is honestly devastating.
1: I think it would be less devastating if it, didn't mean you were stuck at hogwarts mm. for a long ass time the bloody baird and the gray lady have both been there since the death of the founders of hogwarts great point point. and considering she's called the gray lady it's like you don't actually want to be at this ridiculous school
0: yeah now i want to know why nick is there did he get executed at hogwarts
1: i don't know but Myrtle left and came back because she mentioned she was haunting some kid and, then they, and they made her come back to Hogwarts or something happened where she had to... Or like
0: the, the girl got a restraining order so then she had to come back to Hogwarts. So at least my working theory is that ghosts can either attach be attached to a person or a place. But I don't feel like they can choose the place like the gray lady was killed in like albania but then she lives at hogwarts i guess the bloody baron killed himself in albania too
1: right maybe maybe nick was like a professor or something maybe he was head of house at hogwarts like in gryffindor at some point
0: so maybe you just go to like your most important place
1: maybe it's an option if you have a connection like that at hogwarts
0: uh yeah because it has to be like a sufficiently magical place so you're limited in your
1: options Mm -hmm. and considering that all the houses have house ghosts as it were, it means that those ghosts have to have some connection.
0: Mm-hmm. So. It seems like there are other ghosts that aren't the ghosts of the houses. Maybe mm-hmm.
1: what did we say in chapter one? There's like sixty of them, or forty of them, There's or a bunch. Something. Yeah, it's a bunch. I mean, Hogwarts is it a thousand years old. I guess it being haunted as fuck <laughs> it just comes with the territory. <laughs> That's true. I
0: um wait shit oh so a question that i have regarding ghosts choosing to die is do you think it would work for a ghost to seek out a muggle exorcist
1: hmm i don't know i assume that a muggle exorcism and a witching exorcism might be there is such a thing as a witching exorcism i think
0: there's not otherwise I was actually... they would be able to choose to die i'm sorry i just cut you off
1: no i was actually thinking i wonder if a ghost went through the veil in the department of mysteries if that would be like their death
0: what a good question we need an exorcist <laughs> if you're an exorcist or you know an exorcist please email us
1: so we can interview them about ghosts. <laughs> Ooh, or if you're a ghost hunter, which people do. Yeah.
0: Welcome to Corrections, where we correct stuff. So my, I get, I think both of my corrections are for you. Sorry, Jesse. <laughs>
1: it's okay. Well, it's right. one
0: is actually it's it's for both of us, but. Maybe it's mostly for me. Anyway, whenever it was that we were, when I was like, this bathroom is not the right place to brew this potion, I failed to include in my reasons that the bathroom is not the right place to brew the potion, that bathrooms get cleaned. In a month, someone would clean this bathroom, especially because Myrtle is constantly flooding it. So for sure, either Filch or a house elf or both would have gone into this bathroom during the month that they're brewing the potion.
1: That's a good point. Unless they don't clean it out of respect for Myrtle or her kicking up a fuss about people being in her bathroom. Don't
0: you think she would want it to be cleaned and would kick up a fuss about them ignoring her bathroom and not making her toilet sparkle for her?
1: It's a good point. But it is more goth to have your, like, shadowy, (laughs) abandoned bathroom vibe also.
0: That's true. But no matter what, she's constantly flooding this bathroom and making it so that water either needs to be mopped up or vanished. So, someone is going in there to deal with that problem. And, like... I think they have that, the door to that stall like blocked off in some way, but it sounds like that potion is like sending up like sparks and fumes and smoke and stuff. So for sure someone would, they would notice that when they went in to mop up.
1: It's weird, I guess, that no one like was walking past was like, oh, what's that weird smell?
0: Right? So many reasons that the bathroom was not a good place (laughs) to
1: brew the (laughs) (laughs) potion. Hermit tried. She tried. She tried her best.
0: And I mean, it seems to have gone over fine, but I think that that's not realistic. Okay, so this correction is definitely just for you, which is that <laughs> the monster did definitely petrify students last time it was out, because Tom says that it attacked several people and then finally killed someone.
1: Yeah, I did. I did see that. So,
0: just putting it yeah. putting it on the record, so no one emails us. <laughs>
1: But then, did those students not see? I guess, I mean, like, how many things could petrify a student? Like, wouldn't you have come out of it and been like, "That was weird"? Also, only two things can petrify people. I don't know.
0: I mean, these are all really good questions. <laughs> I, it seems so weird to me that that there isn't just a very short list of things that could be causing these attacks
1: yeah and i feel like if something happened for an entire year at the like only school in your society it seems weird that half of this stuff is a secret. like it just that just seems so unrealist unless like headmaster Dippet like you know obliterated people or put a charm so you couldn't say any shit about it because like how it's
0: yeah it's pretty bizarre i yeah i don't know all right that's all i got you have anything left
1: uh i don't have anything left all right
0: then thank you for listening to the gaily prophet
1: there are several ways you can support us um you can leave us a five-star review on itunes and you can follow us on social media. Uh, we're on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Profit. We also have a Patreon if you would like to financially support us, just like you would your uh, neighborhood NPR station. <laughs> we are supported by listeners like you. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, uh, we also have merch on our website, gailyprofit.com slash shop. And you could also tell your friends to listen to us. And because the more people who hear us out, the happier we are that people like us.
0: Yeah. You can also do a one-time donation on our website by clicking on the button that says make a donation. So you you can check that out. The Gaily Prophet is produced, mixed, and edited by me, Lark Malachi Gray, who you can find on the internet at my website, larkmalachi.com, which is L A R K M A L A K A I, dot com, where you can acquire many services from me. But at this moment in time, I am encouraging people to book tarot readings with me. Because I really like reading tarot and I want to do more of it, so you should take advantage of that fact. You can also find me on the internet at Lark Malachi and at Radical Healer on Instagram and nowhere else.
1: <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter at Jesse underscore Detroit, uh, Jesse the actual underscore Detroit, not not one. Day, <laughs> actual thing sorry i just need to clarify that for whatever reason um i'm also on instagram at live from detroit our theme song is by kevin mcleod the voice of our spoiler warning is sarah Sarar. and our logo art is by theo julian forrester he also does fantastic comics based around things we talked about in each episode and you can find that on our website and on our social, which you should because they're incredible.
0: These are all true facts. Until next time.
1: Obfuscate Cupid Composition. You bend. Yes.